Hey guys, welcome to Manic episode number 14 with your host, Amanda Stoddard. Our guest star for today did want to remain anonymous just because we talk about some very heavy topics in here. And with that being said, I do want to also provide a disclaimer to anybody who is currently listening that there are some heavy topics that we discuss. Um, We do go into the nature of sexual trauma and how childhood trauma can affect you. And we talk about all those things. So if you are sensitive to those topics or you feel as if you're going to get triggered by those, then please proceed with caution. I will put in the description the specific timestamps where it is mentioned in detail. We don't really go into any graphic details. So for me, I didn't get too triggered by it, but some people potentially could. So I will put timestamps in here if you guys still want to listen to this one but you're feeling a little bit of uneasy if you should continue. I'll add the timestamps in so you can skip the specific parts. Thanks so much and hope you guys enjoy Manic Episode number 14, CPTSD and other acronyms. Hello and welcome to Manic Episode number 14. I'm here with my lovely friend. Hi. And today we're going to talk about numerous different things, mainly about our specific diagnosis, the stigma behind them, and we're going to go a little bit into misdiagnosis, and we're going to tackle all that, so let's get started. So I think a good place for both of us to start. (laughs) (laughs) Because there is a lot to unpack (laughs) here between the both of us. But the common ground is CPTSD. Yeah. I think that would be the common ground. So who was the first person to tell you about that, and when did you figure out about um, it? You, like right before my therapist. Really? Yes. Wow. Um, I just thought I had regular PTSD for a really long time. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! There's a different form now. Um, and it made a lot of sense, like, especially diving into it with you know my counselor and stuff she cleared a lot of it up and I was just kind of like oh yeah that fits a lot better yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah so I heard about it from my therapist actually about well it would have been 2017 yeah that sounds about right Yeah, yeah around then And, um, I guess it's something that has just recently become a thing that people realize. Like, oh, hey, like... I have this. Yeah, like, veteran PTSD and PTSD from, like, certain events is, like, way different than growing up in traumatic environments. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And also, like, you know, having one specific event versus multiple. Yeah. Like, that was really the deal. Yeah. Like, I really thought PTSD just covered, like, all of it. Right. And I was experiencing, like, a kind of group shed PTSD from, yeah, like, exactly. all of my trauma, but, uh, no. <laughs> nope, not at all. So, we'll give you a little rundown of the difference. I mean, Kat pretty much kind of just said what the difference was. Um, but with CPTSD, it happens... Mostly in your developmental years and mostly across a period of time. Like, it's not just one event that traumatizes you, it's dealing with several events. Yeah, several events that traumatize you or growing up 
in an environment with trauma. Yeah. So that's really the difference between the two. And also symptomatically, <laughs> the, differences, <laughs> the differences are there. You wanna you can you can start us off with the um, symptomatics of it all. I just feel like yours is a much more kind of dynamic yeah. example. Uh, for me, I don't know. I <laughs> always kind of struggled with you know self harm and flashbacks and um, substance abuse for sure. Mostly the flashbacks, though, that was, like, incapacitating and the constant yeah. anxiety and depressive episodes that came with that. Yeah. Um, and I just, like, really thought it was PTSD for the longest time until you told me about it. And then I asked my therapist about it, and she's just like, yeah, that would be the definition of what I would diagnose you with. Yeah. So, like, I was never misdiagnosed from that. Um, I never thought it was, like, something other than what it was. Like, right. I had a very easy experiences with pretty much all of my, like, mental diagnoses anyway. Um, but, like, Amanda's case is really compelling for me. Yeah. Because with me, it was, it was, I mean, when anybody kind of deals with trauma, you remember it later. Yeah. Not everybody, but... You know, repression is a big part of that. Yeah, repression is a huge part. And for me, I hadn't even thought about PTSD or CPTSD being a thing until somebody told me, like, yo, this is probably what you went through. And I have, I had seen a therapist previously, yeah. multiple different therapists. I was first <laughs> diagnosed with ADHD and took Vyvanse for a while. Ooh. <laughs> That's a drug. That was fucking fun. Psych, dude. Fuck five minutes. Anyways, um, took that for a while. It really fucked me up. Really made me angry. I couldn't take all the energy that I had with it. And then I went to a different therapist, and she diagnosed me with bipolar. And I held on to that diagnosis for a really, really, really long time. Because it fit. Yeah, it definitely did. And, and it wasn't until literally... Yeah. 2017 when somebody told me that it was probably something different because my therapist sat me down and was like so when you have these mood swings like they were just it was too quick where do they come from yeah exactly it was too quick like yeah. I would say oh I would have a really bad depressive episode for like weeks but then I would be manic for like a day and a half yeah you know and it's like that doesn't make sense in line with Bipolar, you know, because like a much more distance of mania and depression. Yeah, exactly. And so, she was like, "What about you know? Have you ever heard about CPTSD?" And I said, "No." What? <laughs> I said, "What the fuck? What the C stand for?" <laughs> and um, she it stands for complex complex post traumatic stress disorder. And the way that she described it to me was that when you're young and you go through extensive trauma, your mind is constantly in survival mode. So you adapt. And that is the way that your brain develops. Your brain develops around the survival mode. And so... You're fucked up for life, basically. <laughs> like, that's, that's the gist. Like. Right. And so, whereas a, whereas a normal person goes through a traumatic instance, like, one, and then copes from it, learns their coping skills, has a supportive yeah. environment, and can kind of, like, deal with it. And that's kind of how they grow up, is, you know, in that environment. But when you have 
see PTSD and you grow up in a traumatic environment, all you know is survival. And that's... And the unhealthy coping mechanisms that come with that. Exactly. And like, yeah. Yeah. And so your brain is basically <laughs> wired differently than everyone else's because of the way that you deal with information and the way that you like, deal with stressful things. And because you were, you grew up in survival mode, you kind of... Like that's what you get. Yeah. So your instant reaction to any kind of stressful situation, even if it's the bare minimum of stress, is fight or flight, fight or flight, fight or flight. Every time. Yeah. And, like, I definitely, I felt that. (laughs) um, It would be little shit, and I would just react so extremely. And it didn't make a lot of sense as to why... You know, I reacted that way, and people would say I was, I was overreacting, which really pissed me off. <laughs> you know, like, yep, that, that felt fucked up um, and super invalidating, but, you know, you live and you learn. Yeah. And for me, it was stupid shit, too, like, door slamming. Yeah, like, stuff that just didn't even matter. Just d- didn't even make sense. Like, someone yeah. would raise their voice at me, or, like, give me helpful guidance, and I would just break down. Or I would yeah. just crawl back into myself. For me, it would be really little stuff. And then my first train of thought would be like, I can never trust you again. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why. Um, like, navigating a relationship with CPTSD. And then the other stuff I'm dealing with has been really hard. Because it's like... You you overanalyze everything as a potential attack yeah. on you. And um, it's oftentimes why I've never really stayed in relationships and the one I'm currently in I've been really fortunate with my current partner but um yeah prior to that it'd be like one thing would happen I'd be like nope we're done fuck you fuck you forever I'm never seeing you again yep I would be the same way too especially because I like I've always grown up with like a distinct fear of being manipulated yeah because of the nature of my trauma absolutely and I'm sure you can you know really well yeah and it's a thing of like you know every time you know, something would happen that I would react to. It would be a thing of what is their what is their game plan? What is their exactly. motive? You know, what is my role in this? You know, and definitely I've grown up with a lot of fear of being manipulative. Um, being manipulative? <laughs> being manipulative. Uh, like, that's something that I think about every day. Yeah. And that's, that can be really crippling, um, just because, like, it's just so hard being present and not overthinking everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think, and it sucks for, for both of us, just because... It's such an everyday thing. It's such a prevalent thing, and it's something that you cannot escape from. It's something and it's that's not something you can control. Yeah, like that's the hardest part about. I've been in therapy for six, maybe seven years now, and it's just like the normal cognitive behavioral stuff that would work for other people doesn't work yeah, for me. Yeah, it just doesn't. Just because of like where my headspace is. And it makes it really hard to navigate school and the workplace and, like, my, my personal relationships. Literally just going out in public. Yeah. 
because everything is really like a war zone. Yeah. <laughs> Even my safe spaces, it's like I won't necessarily feel safe there. And that's really hard. Yeah. And no one gets it. <laughs> Except Amanda. <laughs> she got it. <laughs> and it's a hard thing to explain to people. And it's a hard thing to even remotely try to make them understand. Because how do you make someone understand the severity of it all? And a lot of times, we're not asking people to understand it. We're asking people to respect it. Yeah. And sometimes that's even hard for people to do. It's like... Unfortunately. It's like chronic illness. You yeah. know? Because it's stuff you can't really see until, like... You're in the middle of a breakdown and people see that and they're just like, well, why the fuck is she, like, freaking out? You know? Yeah. Um, but it's just like, I have <laughs> I have a reason. I have a reason. Just, like, please <laughs> go with it. Yeah. I think it's, it's complicated for me. I was diagnosed with DID um, after I broke up with my ex. It was really, like, I think that's when I was like, this is a thing that I have. Um, so that would have been 2016, 2017, I don't know. That's still fairly recent, too. Yeah. Um, Do you think it's something that you've always had, or did it just develop after that? No, instance? I really think it was something I always had. Yeah. Uh, because I would experience these kind of shifts, um... And, like, the way that I would talk would be different. And that's really hard because you lose time. Yep. And, uh... Let's talk a little bit about losing time because that's something I experienced, too. Well, that's a CPTSD thing as yeah. well. Right. Um, I think for me, like, there's, like, my CPTSD losing time and then there's my DID losing time. And, like, for DID, I'm... I'm not, like, the most extreme case that anyone's ever seen or anything. Like, I don't have 50,000 alters. Like, right. <laughs> you know, I just have... I've got five. Um, and... I know why I have those. Like, I know why I fractured that way. And that's, you know, important. And so, like, there's the losing time with DID where someone else will be fronting for me, which means that, like, I won't be there this other kind of character who is like a part of me, a version of me will step forward to deal with the situation because I've either like been triggered or I'm not coping well and I can't handle it. And so you lose time there if they're completely in control. Or sometimes you co-front, which is like, I'm there too, but they're still kind of calling the shots and I can't do anything. So I'm not in control. And then, like, there are blackouts. I have I have blackouts. Like, uh, there was this one time, I mean, <laughs> there are so many times, but there was this <laughs> one time where I was with my boyfriend, and um, I don't even know what we were. We, I think the last place I remember being with him was, like, a, a Kroger, like a supermarket. And then I woke up and we were at a greatest. And I had, like, no idea how we got there. I don't know what we did in the interim. Apparently we'd gone to a couple of different shops and, like, I don't know why I lost time in that instance. Because I was safe, but something happened. 
and I just don't remember any of that. Um, there are other times where I think it's like definitely like saved my life. Yeah. Uh, like I was held at gunpoint um, back in my sophomore year of college. Wow. Uh, I was like, <laughs> I was going to pick up my friend from the gym and like give him a ride home. And this dude tapped on my window with like a gun pointed at my head. And I just like. Fucking terrifying. Yeah, and like growing up in Australia where you have gun control, it's just like I'm not used to like dealing with guns. Yeah. You know, like you see them in the movies and stuff, but like that's really different as well. And so like I completely like stepped back and one of my alters came in and like skirt skirt like me out of that situation. Um and I was like really fortunate and lucky and <laughs> Uh, what was unlucky was, you know, I had been calling and on the phone with the police all night and they told me that he had, like, gotten some other girl to, like, take him to an ATM and, like, she had a much more difficult time, um, but that, like, they were tracking him, so that was that, but, like, oh, that's heavy. I'm sorry know, that you had to deal with that. Like, it's, it's not fine, but, like, no, it's just it's a thing not. of, like, you know, I didn't really feel it because I didn't have to. Yeah. Um, because one of my alters dealt with it. And I think that's one of the most important things to put into perspective, that they're there as a coping mechanism. Like, they're there yeah. for a reason. Like, there'll be times I'll lose time and I'll get new piercings. Tight! Like, that happens too much. Like, <laughs> way too much. <laughs> but um, it used to be a lot worse. Like, I was a heavy, heavy drinker my first two years of college. And, like, I mean, I guess you could say I was just blacking out because of the amount I was drinking, but I really don't think that was it. Yeah. Um, but I lost a lot of time. And it would be days sometimes. And that's really tricky, like, having to pretend, like, you know what someone's talking about because you had a conversation with them. And, like, they're just like, oh, my God, remember when this happened? And, like, you don't, but you've got to go along with it because, like, you were physically there. That's really hard. And, like, explaining, uh, like, shitty things that you've said because they haven't really, like, been you. It's really hard. Because it looks and sounds like it's coming from you. So you've got to take responsibility for that. Has there been any of your, like, immediate friend group that can pick up on it when you're, like, um, fronting or? Like, I've got an alter who's four, and it's easy for them to be like, oh, I understand when that alter is out because my voice will become, I guess, higher pitched. Um, the language I use will be simpler. There will be things that, like, I'll do or want to consume. That yeah. I'll be like... You know. Because I've seen that version of you one time. Yeah. So, like, that's definitely the easiest one. Every other one is a lot harder. Yeah. Um, well, that's not true. I mean, there's one that's also kind of little, but that one doesn't come out super often. Um, and so, like, my quote-unquote protector, which is a position an alter can be, and you can have, like, the system little, which is, like, the child. And then you have a protector, which basically takes care of the host or the body. Um, that one's hard to distinguish, but we kind of know that it's her because she 
hates my boyfriend. <laughs> oh, yeah, you told me about that. She just, she doesn't like men at all, and it shows. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, that's hard, but it's my responsibility to, like, make sure that we're all communicating and all working together to, you know, live my life successfully. But I realize that my losing time can look really different from, like, yours. Yeah. You want to talk about yours? Yeah, with my losing time, it's really weird because I've never lost, like, oh, I've lost days before, yeah, but never, like, a week or anything longer than a day. But for me, <laughs> losing time is was the funnest when I was in college. Psych, no. <laughs> that was just sarcasm. But it sucked when I was in school because I would, every single test I took, I don't remember taking. I don't remember taking any tests at all. I remember studying for them. I don't remember taking them. And that was a huge thing for me in college is I would... Every time my pen would hit the paper to write my name, I would write my name and then I yeah. would come back as I was walking to my next class or literally on the bus. Yeah, on my way back to Blue Ash, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and I would not know how I did. I literally don't know how I got through college because of that. Every single test I took, I would. You like on the Dean's list and stuff. Everybody. Yeah. I fucking, I don't know how I did it. I really don't. Because I would, I, oh, I would fail almost every single one of my tests. Really? Yeah. Unless it was... assumed you were like a straight A kind of student. No, I, I was never like that in high school because in high school I did the same thing. I would lose time during tests yeah. and I would never know why it happened, but it was just because I would have such a bad anxiety attack. My mind would be yeah, like, like, you're you done. Off. Like, yeah. you're cut off. And <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think the best score I've ever gotten on a test would, was probably an 83. In my entire life, I think that's the best I've ever gotten on a test. Wow. And I don't know how I... I do not, for the life of me, know how I passed Spanish class. <laughs> I literally got a B in Spanish class every semester. Couldn't fucking tell you how. Because I don't remember doing the oral presentations that we had. I don't remember taking any of the tests. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, like... And I'm a type of person, like, I'm not afraid to get in front of people and speak. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's not the type of person I am, but... Apparently. In Spanish? I guess so. I just I just was out. And so, for me, it's just times of, like, super high stress. High pressure, yeah. Yeah, that I lose time. And I usually come back when the stress is over yeah. or, you know, hours That's after. like, where we're different. I mean, yeah. I think I have the same thing with stress. But I think at the same time, like, I'm more prone to lose time when something triggers me. Yeah. Um, when I smell something, in, involuntarily taste something, or I guess see something, it's just like I don't even remember what those things are. Yeah. So it's hard for me to, like, navigate how to avoid losing time because sometimes it just happens and I, like, I can't track it. Yeah. So it makes... It makes it hard. Because those times happen for me as well when I get triggered. Like, yeah. I'll freak out so bad or I'll get so stressed out about it that I'll just, like, bye. Stop. Yeah. And it's the, like, like you said earlier, smells are the literal worst. Because smells are everywhere. Yeah. 
they're omnipresent, they don't go away, and you will never know when you will come in contact with one. And the thing is, this is, is <laughs> you, you could be having a great run, you know? Like, for yeah. me, I could be having a great day. Like, nothing in the world can stop me. And then I will smell a specific smell. I don't even know what the smell is sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I I don't even know where it comes from, like, what it smells scariest. like. That's yeah, that's the scariest, scariest part. part. Yeah, is that it could literally come from anywhere. And then you smell it, and your whole day, plus probably two weeks after that, you're fucked. You're fucked. Yeah. You're done. And it's just like, you have to pick up the pieces. And I do that so many times every month. Yep. And no one, I don't really let people see it. Um, I mean, people see it. <laughs> like, my parents see it, and my boyfriend sees it, and I'm lucky to have them and their support. But... You know, they still don't get it. Yeah. Because they don't have to do that. You know, they don't do that. So. Yeah. It's a hard thing to explain to people, too, because it sounds insane. Yeah. Like, and we are clearly aware of <laughs> how crazy it sounds, <laughs> right. how crazy it looks. Yeah. But, like. We are not in control when it happens, either. We're not in control of it, and that's, that's the terrifying. Shitty thing. Yeah. That's a really shitty thing, and, like. Yeah, just the the lack of control is definitely the hottest spot for me. And the lack of awareness that this shit happens, you know? Like, I really genuinely thought for a very long time that something was wrong with me because it happened. Like, I... Part of having DID is you hear voices, obviously. Um, because your alters talk. They chatter amongst themselves. Yeah. All the time. Like... When I'm talking to someone and one of my alters doesn't like what they just said, like, I'll hear a response. And it's as clear to me as Amanda talking to you right now. Like, it's just as loud. It's just as real feeling, as auditory as that. Um, and so often DID gets mixed up with schizophrenia and diagnosis schizophrenia because of that one factor. And typically because there are so many. And... Um, I think for a long time I just dismissed it as, oh, this is just what, you know, people hear in their heads is like their own thought process. Like, this is just what it is. Never talked about it. I just assumed. Um, but no, <laughs> that's not what everyone gets. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's a huge, that's a huge thing too for, for people who experience trauma is you have that one day that you remember where what you're feeling you realize isn't normal isn't normal my day definitely where i started to question it i was being hospitalized um when i was 16 17 i was a minor so i had a much better kind of experience than any adults being hospitalized in a kind of psych ward setting in the states or really anywhere, like, they're all terrible. <laughs> um, my mom was driving me, and, like, there was a lot happening, but she asked me, you know, are you hearing voices? Like, and I remember having to think about it for a minute and really kind of analyze that question because, like, yes. But I told her no. <laughs> um, so it's... It's just like, it's really hard because it's just like, I ignored so many of the signs of what I had for so long. Yep. 
because that was just what I had lived with and you just assume that that's what everyone else has. Yeah, and then you'll make jokes about it and people will look at you sideways like, what? Like, what are you even talking about? And yeah. it's just like, okay. And then you start then you start picking up on people that don't get it. Yeah. And people that are like, no, that's not normal. And I think that's another whole <laughs> side of it that you have to deal with. Yeah. Like, it took me a very long time to be comfortable with my diagnosis because I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah. I remember before I was diagnosed, I actually went and saw Split in theaters, and uh, I was really upset about it, and I didn't know why I was upset about it. Um, and that whole, that's just problematic. Yeah, we don't stand. Um, <laughs> but Split is a movie about something with DID, um, basically. And uh, he kidnaps these little girls and like is going to rape them or whatever and holds them hostage. And um, then like one of his alters is basically like an animal which like can happen but his body like physically changes and he becomes like superhuman and has like incredible strength and like you know crazy shit it's oh. just not possible and like the only thing i want to say about that is if you're looking for a realistic media interpretation of what did is watch the united states Tara. that's really like i felt that <laughs> like when i watched it um that was some real shit but also, like, the most important thing that I want people to know is just that, like, people with DID are more likely to hurt themselves than anyone else. Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, there's always an alter that wants to kill the host. Always. I mean, maybe there isn't. From what the reading I've done, because there isn't a lot of resources yeah. for me, it's like, there's typically an alter that will look to continue the pattern of abuse and destroy. Um, hence the self-harm. Yeah. Um, but like intrusive thoughts come with that and are really bad. You know, huge. <laughs> like, there's this one time I was filling up my car and I had this very intense urge to just like drink the gasoline and that was very tricky for me to fight. Yeah. So how do you cope? I don't. I mean, I go to therapy every week. I'm really lucky to have the therapist that I have. I just kind of lucked out with really supportive parents um, who believed me about my trauma. Like there are a lot of people out there who experience childhood trauma who will open up and finally gain the strength to tell someone and they'll be like, no, you're just making that up. You just want attention. And I was so lucky to have the parents I had to believe me and help me file for beliefs about it. And I understand that like, so few people get that. And especially because my abuser was a family member, like I was just so fortunate to have them be on my side and support me. And I'm so fortunate to have the friends I have in my life now who like believe me and support me and you know, my partner, like, we're almost, we've almost been together for two years. And that's, like, that's crazy. awesome. That's crazy. That's I've never so had good. a relationship last that long. I love that. So it's just, like, 
having a support system really helps, but like at the same time, I've had to cut off pretty much all of my extended family because it it just gets too tricky and it's not good for recovery if they're gonna kind of undermine you and what you're saying. Yeah, but good so, on you for doing that. Well, it's lonely. Yeah. Like, I always wanted, like, a big family and, like, big traditions and stuff, but... Yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do for you. All right. You know, like, I could have had it a lot worse and I could have been a lot worse off, so... I recognize that. I'm not fucking stupid. <laughs> you know, like, that's my thing. It's just, like, because when I was hospitalized, you know... I was in there with a bunch of kids from the system and like I saw the relationship this one girl had with her parents and they couldn't even be in the same room as each other. Oof. Like it was just so bad. Oof. And so they had to communicate through letters and she had been in the kind of psych ward system for like a year at that point because every time she would get out she would just try and kill herself again. And, um, same kind of deal, same kind of trauma, and it's just terrible, you know, so I could be, it could be like that, where, like, I wouldn't be able to be in school, or, you know, <laughs> have somewhat control over my body. I know I'm lucky. That doesn't make it any easier, though. No. <laughs> No, it doesn't. Definitely not. But. In my, and, and the thing is, is like, in my, my whole thing that I just can never comprehend is, where the fuck is all the resources for yeah. people like us? They're not, yeah. They're, 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 well, it's almost pretty like, much non-existent. It's almost like the people that are suffering with it have to make those resources, and that's yep. like, really shitty because yep. I'm just so tired all the time mm -hmm. to like make a space for people like me is so difficult it's and draining and then it's just like well is it worth it because say I go to that space and they share a bit too much and then I get triggered yep I'm out of action for then however long depending on what the subject matter was I don't know Amanda's got this really great space she's got an open mic that I used to go to a lot, but like there was one time I went and I got triggered and I just like saw red and it was in the bathroom and like it was fucking terrible and it knocked me out of that. Yep. And that happens too when you have a space like that, you definitely have to think of your audience and you have to. And that's the thing, it's just like while it's great and supportive for people to share their experiences. Like, the hardest part about, I guess, being in recovery, like, to call it that, it seems a bit weird, but, like, to be in therapy and to, like, be healing is, like, knowing yourself. And, like, I just didn't know. I thought, I come, like, every other week when I saw on, I've been fine, I'll continue to be fine. Nope. Yep. You just don't know. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, sometimes with an audience like that, because of the demographic of who comes, like, it could just be funny shit people talk about heartbreak people talk about their exes people you know shit on their family member or whatever but then sometimes 
it gets really, really visceral and really deep yeah. and really dark really quick. And it's... And, like, I know I've done that in that space. Very... But at the same time... But that's what it's there for, you know? It's yeah. there to be like that, but sometimes it's it's hard, and I get it. And it's frustrating. Like, I got so frustrated because I'm looking for a space where people get it, and no one fucking get it, gets it. And it's just, like, me and Amanda had this thing because we were in a class together. We were in a flash fiction class together. And she wrote this piece, and I had to, like, lead a workshop on it. And it was about her trauma, and I knew immediately you knew right away which was hilarious to me because everybody's biggest criticism was like i don't get it like they didn't get it and i was like the only one that get it i'm just like but it is so clear like what the fuck are you talking about you don't get it and i went up to her and that's actually how we started our friendship <laughs> so because great. i went up to her like after class and i'm just like like i felt that <laughs> basically like i get it like, like i get it and then we had this kind of going joke of like how blunt can we be until they fucking understand? Which was fucking hilarious because we just kept going we and kept going, going and, and they going. still didn't they get it. Never got it. I wrote, <laughs> the time that I wrote my poem about manic depression and then nobody knew that manic depression means bipolar, I literally almost flipped my lid. They were like, oh, I didn't know you were writing about bipolar. Bitch, every stanza is a different emotion. How did you not know? It was just like, ah. I wrote a piece about... It was straight up an excerpt of an experience I had had as a kid about my trauma. I remember and they were just like, well, the child should have more agency. And I was like, the point is that there was no agency. There was no justice. It was, I, I couldn't fight back. That's what I was trying to have people understand. And it's just like, I don't know. And I, I got that one right away too. I was like, I get it. <laughs> but it's just like, do people just not want to like see that? And then I get really angry yeah and then i'm Me just too. like i'm gonna make them see it and then yeah. i write all this really visceral shit yeah and then people are just like she's fucked up because i think a very important thing too about our type of trauma is that we want to be heard like we want to be fe feel valid no matter what we do whether it's talking about a trauma whether it's literally doing an essay yeah. whether it's doing a project and then people coming and then stop coming and then you get the whole like internal monologue of, well, fuck them. Like, oh, what did I do wrong? Or why do they hate me now? And you have that just constant cycle of fuck them, but fuck me, but fuck them, you know? I have, like, this cycle of I want everyone to know and then I want no one to yeah. know. And I, I go through that. It waxes and wanes every, like, six or so months. Sometimes longer, sometimes shorter. Um, because I want everyone to know exactly what happened to me but then I don't want anyone's pity. Yeah, exactly. And then, and there's like a fine line because you want that validation and you want everybody to know why you yeah. are the way that you are. But then... But then it's just like giving them that also like it changes the way they see you. Yeah. And, and I hate that. And it just like... And then you don't know how people are going to react to it. And you can get invalidated all over again. And that could be a whole nother thing that you have to deal with. But then it's like also like... I don't talk about it with like anyone but my therapist anymore because it's just like people would be like no 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 I can like I can take it I can like <laughs> you know I understand like I'm here for you and I'm just like no like you don't get it like you don't un you don't understand like the kind of stuff that like yeah I haven't told you like you yeah. don't understand the weight of that and it's not it's not fair for me to tell you because like you don't know how to deal with that yeah and it's not their fault either and it's like and that's the the shitty thing too is like yeah. you're sparing them. Well, right, and, and they think like... and they think that you're like 
trying to hide or shy away or yeah. run away from the problem when in reality it's like, you don't want these problems! <laughs> but it's just like, you're not ready to deal with it and I know that so I've got to keep it to myself and like even, like, that fucking sucks, dude. Yep. It sucks. And it does. it's just like, I forget how much I've told one person versus another and so I was just like, fuck it, I'm not doing this shit anymore and I just told my therapist. And there's always that fine line too that we have to... We have to tiptoe with our trauma too. Like, yeah. and it's. That's the most frustrating thing for me. Yep. Especially like on campus with survivor ad- advocacy groups. Um, it's just like, because I was abused as a child, it's just like I'm too much. Like, because I just wasn't raped in college, it's just like I'm too much and I'm making other people feel uncomfortable in what's meant to be a safe space for sexual assault survivors. And that's the difference between CPTSD and PTSD. And that makes me really upset. Yep. Because I'm just like, you can't preach inclusion when you're actively... Excluding. Yeah. And so, like, that's really hard because there aren't enough people like me, you know, to, like, have a group. And, like, I think all the time, man, I would love to meet someone else with DID just so, like, you know, it'd be like, shoot the shit and you would get it. But at the same time, I never want to meet someone else with DID because I know exactly what it takes for them to get diagnosed with that and what they would have had to have gone through. And like, no, I'm not about to like make a deal with the devil like that. Yeah. Like that would be way, way, way too much. And I think people discount the strength of and the resilience of people like you and the how much it takes to keep pushing every single day to get up <laughs> yeah exactly yeah to even face life in general yeah it's really hard and i'm very proud of you for i'm really proud of you i admired you like every day in that class i was just like oh my god she's really out here doing it <laughs> <laughs> i mean so are you like you ran your whole club and shit and i was barely getting up in the morning to go to school <laughs> yeah I mean, that waxes and wanes too. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, no matter how much we accomplish, it never feels like enough. We have like this hole inside of us. And then it doesn't feel like a victory. No, because it's so exhausting, it almost feels like a burden after a while. Like, I don't know, got the journal done, did the album, went to AWP, and I was just exhausted. Like, I didn't even enjoy it. I didn't enjoy any of it. It didn't feel like success. Nothing ever feels like success. Nothing ever feels like success. Like... And then if anything is bringing us down at all, it's just, like, the world is crumbling. Yeah, and like, that's really shitty, too, because yeah. it's just, like, there are no victories. Yeah. And then, like, you know, my therapist will be like, well, you need to focus on, like, the small victories that you have. Like, yeah, you know, like, getting through college know. and, yeah. like, holding down a job and holding down a relationship. And it's just, like, that's just normal stuff. Yeah. Nobody you else know, has a big of a problem with this. It's people I do, you know? just do that. Yeah. Like... People do that and, like, have fun doing that and enjoy doing those things. And, like, I, it just feels stupid to be like, well, that's a victory for me. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not something you can share with other people either. Because it's just like, they'll tell you to your face, oh, but people just do that. Yeah. Just like, yeah, I know. That's how my dad is a lot, too. It's like, he'll never give you praise yeah. because every success that you have is what you're supposed to, to be to doing. Do. Right. Yeah. So growing up in an environment like that, as well as 
dealing with the trauma. Well, that's just my internal monologue. It's just yeah. like, well, this is just what you're meant to be doing. This is just normal. being an adult. Yeah. But for us, it feels so much bigger. Yeah. that and like grappling with the fact that like maybe I wasn't meant to make it to adulthood as well. That is a huge thing too like that's an everyday thing. Yeah me being able to see a future for myself is almost non-existent because I genuinely did not think I would make it to 18 years old. Me I didn't plan on living past 18. Oh no me neither. So like ever since I was 13. Yep. I knew I was gonna be like I'm ever gonna kill I was... myself when I'm 18 and that's gonna be that. Yeah, I've been telling myself that since I've been seven years old. Like, yeah, I found a, I literally found a diary from when I was seven one time, and it was like, I don't want to live, I don't want to be here anymore, like, yeah. yada, 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 and I'm like, seven years old. Yeah, and big yikes. And it's like, I see, like, I'll go to, like, family functions and see yeah. kids the same age just flourishing, living their life. And that's really hard to That's hear. so hard. Like, seeing children at the age when you experienced abuse, mm-hmm. like, it breaks me a little oh, bit yeah. like Same. seeing tiny children in my workplace like I need to take a minute because I'm just like god they're just so small and like how, how? could you add like that? how like how exactly like how and like and that just keeps repeating in your head yeah and that's just really hard and you know I went through a very big hunk of my life hating and resenting children oh yeah me too and I'm finally like out of that which feels really nice because yeah they're you know just doing their own thing and like they're mm. like caterpillars and shit I don't know yeah. and like I just like now I like talking to them because they say interesting things that, kids know, are fucking weird dude yeah they're just it's great <laughs> they're on a different level which is like fine and it's just like that's what you're meant to be you know, yeah. and it, it feels, it feels like a, its own form of justice. Every yeah. time I see a kid who comes from, like, a good family and, like, looks fine. I mean, granted, like, I looked fine, you know, but, <laughs> right. like, Same. you know, without digging too deeply into that, like, seeing a kid that's happy. Yeah. That feels like its own justice. Like, seeing my little brother succeed, that's, like, a victory that I feel because I want him to. And That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and That's because, like... it can be. <laughs> well, because I had such a hard time at his age. You know, yeah. so seeing him with, like, a group of friends and, like, getting good grades, it's like... I'm very proud of that because it wasn't something that I was doing. Yeah. And, like, knowing that someone else can, you know, despite everything in my own family I guess yeah <laughs> um that's that's a big one for me how do you cope <laughs> I keep myself busy I don't really I mean I I did go to therapy before my therapist got pregnant again oh my god I cannot tell you how many times my first therapist got pregnant and left me. My psychiatrist got pregnant and left me. My therapist again got pregnant and left me. Solidifying my two fears of abandonment and pregnancy. And I'm like, God damn it, dude. Just want, Can I have one win? Can I have one win? So I currently don't have a therapist. My therapist goes on vacation. I'm just like, oh, so you're really just going to leave me here, huh? 
He really like, go have fun on your vacation. <laughs> right? Must be nice <laughs> <laughs> to take a break. Like, I'm really out here wanting to die all the time. And you're in China? Cool. Exactly. But I think fucking just trying to keep myself as busy as possible. That's why I have so many projects that I have going on. I have... Yeah. I'm censored the recovery center. I'm doing a writing Instagram. I'm doing this podcast, and I, I love just that shit though. Like I love watching you strive and like succeed. It's it's really it's really hard, you know. But oh, if I, I believe it. But if I wasn't doing it, I would be laying in my bed right now, probably sobbing, crying my eyes out, and doing drugs. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, like I, it's it keeps me grounded, and because I've had such a struggle in the past with alcohol and uh, drug addiction that mm-hmm. yeah that a lot of people don't even know. Yeah. I tell a lot of my friends that I was addicted to Percocets, and they were like, what? When was that? When did that happen? It's just like, don't even worry about it. Yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> it happened, it's over, I'm, I'm better I'm now. Like, I'm don't good. Worry. Like, get out. Yeah. And then I, uh, I struggle with a lot with alcohol, too. And Me too, yeah. But, like, realizing that I struggled with substance abuse was something that I only realized recently after taking a intro to substance abuse counseling class. <laughs> like, I, I was just like, oh shit, I was a functioning alcoholic for yeah. the first two years of college, but yeah. I didn't even know it. Yeah, I realized it when um, actually... Far- Probably way before then, actually, but like whatever. Yeah, exactly. My, my mom and my friends would talk to me like yeah we had tons of interventions with you and stuff I'd be like you did what I don't remember that like when did you do that like I only like they apparently had like five different interventions for me and I only remember one of them that's a big name yeah and so I'm like oh okay I guess there was something wrong in there (laughs) yeah yeah but like I would pride myself in out drinking everyone that I was around oh yeah like yep felt badass doing that which was like so bad for my liver oh yeah <laughs> and it's like girl stop <laughs> and so like yeah i did i well good on you for that for sure i mean it takes a lot of self-discipline well the thing is it's just like now it's just like if i decide to drink it's one drink yeah no and that's me that's, too i can't drink any more than one drink or that's else. it well because if i do one than that it's just like i won't stop yep exactly and, like realistically i should probably look into like i don't know AA maybe i don't like probably not i don't know (laughs) i don't know i don't think that that would be a good thing for because i thought about that too yeah but then i realized probably not a good thing because the nature of our drinking is probably very different yeah yeah and like we pretty much have the reason why we do it figured out so that's what we need to tackle like that's the thing it's just like all of my like shitty self-deprecating actions it's like i fully understand exactly why i do the things i do yeah and then sometimes i don't even realize that like i do them until it's like way later it's just like oh yeah that's, that's the thing a, that's that, the thing that that, that shit hurted <laughs> that shit hurted <laughs> yes <sighs> i felt that so if you feel if you're listening, and you feel as if you relate to either of us, see a fucking therapist. Yeah. <laughs> okay. First things first. See a therapist. <laughs> like everyone can do that. Like for real, everyone needs a therapist. Yeah. I mean. Everyone. Yeah. It sucks <laughs> though. It sucks though in a sense because a lot of people don't have accessibility to that, especially if they're not like fin- yeah. financially stable. That's a very big thing. Um, but like, 
everyone that I see struggling, like, I know therapy would solve it. Yeah. Like, that's the shitty part about it. And, again, like, I'm really fortunate to have the support that I have. Yeah. Because, like, I don't have to pay out of pocket for my therapy. Because I wouldn't be able to do that for starters. Yeah. But, exactly. um, you know, I lucked out with mine, and I get that, like, there are people who just, like, can't access it. But Which, I think at every, like, when you can, you do know, it. when you get to that point in your life, it's, you gotta. You it gotta. saved my life, really. And and also be, also be aware that CBT, the, the regular type of therapy that most therapists give, not for everybody. Not for, not for everybody. Not there's, for me. There's also, there's tons of different alternatives to yeah. CBT that you can utilize. I mean, like, EMDR, kudos for EMDR, is really out here doing the most. Like, <laughs> really out here doing the most. Really out here doing it. Um, that's my, that's my last step. When everything Same. is over, EMDR will be the last thing I do. And that's, like, my graduation from therapy. Yeah. So... You know, it's a lot of work, but even when I first started, when I first started and the very first memory that I had came up, my therapist said to me, this isn't going to be quick and this isn't going to be easy. This is going to take years. And it has. And I think it's important and it's really good that she said that because it's not an overnight thing. You know, it's, it's, it's not. It's a constant a work in progress. It takes a lot of work. And a lot of times the reason people stop going is because they're not willing to do that work. Yep. But if you don't do that work, you just repeat all of the destructive patterns that you form. Mm-hmm. So you gotta do it. And also, nobody's gonna find the right therapist right off the bat. I mean, some I people had, do. Like, I had two or three. Yeah, me too. Before I met the one that I've been with now for years and years. Same. Um, I was like really picky, and that's okay. Like, it's totally okay to be picky. But, like, mine was a stupid, very shallow picking this. Like, basically, I was just like, I want a foreign therapist because an American isn't going to get my struggles. I don't think that that's shallow, though. I mean, you said that, but I don't really think that is, though, because there's a, there's a certain type of just yeah. culture coming from one yeah. completely different country to America yeah. that, like... A foreign person just gets. And so, like, you know? I lucked I, out because my therapist now is Australian. <laughs> Tight. Yeah, That's so awesome. it's like... Yeah, it's I, it's a small kind of comfort, but that was, like, the thing that made me trust her. Yeah. And that was the thing where it's just like, okay, well, I guess I can open up to you because you're like me. Yeah. But I think that's really important. I mean, sometimes that's what it takes, and... Well, the bottom line is you can't do the work you need to do if you don't trust the person exactly. you're talking to. And, like, yeah. that's something... That my parents told me at the very, very beginning of me ever starting therapy. Um, you know, and they nipped the whole stigma of it in the bud really quick. Because, like, you don't need a great big trauma to go to therapy. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a big I think everybody should go to therapy regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, there are people that go to therapy if they've got recurring dreams. And the cool thing about therapy is they teach you really good coping mechanisms. Like, if anything happens in your life, like, you have a dog that dies or something, like... Go to therapy. Fucking, they help you. They, they help you process information and deal with it as it comes. It's great. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Do recommend. <laughs> and that's we'll a, do again. <laughs> we'll do again. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing that I always had... I've always 
like made sure to tell people mm. growing up since I've been young. My dad's always <clears throat> kind of beaten it in my head that like, oh, fuck therapy, like deal with your problems on your own, put your shoes on, go run around the block, yada, yada, yada. That's not, that ain't like, it, chief. And I'm like, the most support I ever got growing up dealing with what I was dealing with was in chat rooms talking with other people. Like, I never had any type of, like, someone that was, like, understood growing up, like, what I was going through. Yeah. So, I went online and I went into chat rooms. And I and found people that understood. Exactly. And then yeah. they, they were the ones who told me, dude, therapy, therapy, therapy. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really hard because, you know, you see all the kind of older movies. I think it's kind of stuff where they, you know, or you're going to go, quack. Yeah, exactly. Like, fucking... Or, like, medication. That was a really hard hurdle for me. Um, yeah. Like, accepting that I needed it and yeah, taking it. But, like, it was the best thing I've ever done. I'm a completely different person on it in the best possible way. Like, I'm a better person on medication. And so... I stay taking my pills. <laughs> like, hell yeah. I don't know. I just... There are little things that you can do to, like, make it easier for yourself and, like meds and therapy that's like base level of the hierarchy of needs of mental illness <laughs> exactly <laughs> i agree <gasps> and i think that <laughs> i want to say that diet is a huge one too for me personally if i can fucking eat <laughs> like if. Yeah, and that's the thing too is like I know a lot of my mood, a lot of my mood problems stem from food and healthy sleep. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. But it's like, but with people who experience trauma, it's like it. It really annoys me like food when triggers. people say that. Yeah, it really annoys me when people say, "Oh, diet and exercise." Well, I'm like, bitch, I can barely get out of bed in the morning, and I can barely convince myself to eat breakfast. Yeah, like, like that's a big part as well. It's just like. And I understand the importance of it all. Like, I get it. Like, I know. Like, I've done the reading. I've got a fucking degree. Like, we've been there. <laughs> right. We have a fucking it's, degree in trauma, bro. We get it. It's just kind of like, yeah, there are some big huddles. There are some really big huddles. And it's like, I stay not sleeping. Yeah. Or I stay oversleeping. Or I don't eat. Or I overeat. And, like, I've struggled with an eating disorder since I was six years old. You know, and I still don't have a healthy relationship with food, and I don't know how to have one. And I've done everything. I've tried every diet. I've, you know, I was a heavy bulimic. I nutritionist. I went to like a dietitian. I've like I've done it all, and I still like don't fucking know how to. It's, it's bad. Yeah, and it's a difficult thing when it's coupled with trauma. And it's always... and that's a whole other that's a whole other thing. And that's the thing is like. Everything in is, life stems from that one thing, yeah. and it's 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 and frustrating. No one, and that's the thing no one gets. No one gets it. And they're like, oh, just leave the past in the past. I'm like, bitch, I wish I could. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's right here all the time. Yeah, like it's not in the past for me. It's like here it's in, in the now and yeah. omnipresent and fucking sticking needles in my foot everywhere I fucking walk. Yeah, it's just it's terrible. And like, I wish I could say that like, oh. It gets, it gets better. better. But, like, when? When, though? I don't know. Like, it's just really rough, and I just, I need people to get it, and they don't. And I don't know how to make them get it. And I, I don't know how to make them hear me, and, like, that's... Yep. 
like it I I just I feel defeated I feel defeated exhausting. and the thing is it's just like I shouldn't have to be a torture porn for you to like respect me yep. you know it's like am I gonna publish at some point in the game a story of what happened because I think it's useful and because I also read other people's stories of what happened to them and it helped me absolutely but at the same time it's just like there are fucking people who haven't been through that who get off on that and like you can't control anything that you make once it's out in the world but it's yeah. just like I don't want people to get off on something that's literally like fucked me every single step of the way and I'm just like I'm tired of having to explain why I do things the way I do things or why I am the way that I am and it's just like I don't really know what you want anymore and I think it's really not talked about either like even if people do go through it I feel like they don't even talk about it because because they probably feel a similar way well because it's just like well what's the point yeah and then it's just like you have the rare kind of connection that we have where it's just like we get it but then we still don't have a fucking solution <laughs> right. we get it yay but it's like oh what do we do now <laughs> it's just like okay so there's like one other person but then it's just like the whole world is still out there not understanding and fucking the twitter verse and the the Facebook verse and the social media verse is the worst because now there's this huge thing like like trauma this trauma that or dissociation this dissociation and that it's just and like, I'm like half you, of these people don't even fucking have it yeah half these people their trauma like, people want to have my experiences so bad people want to be traumatized so bad and like. That shit makes me angry. Oh, it makes me so mad because if you had to deal with what we had to deal with for two fucking you seconds, you would never, ever, ever wish this kind of shit on anybody. You would never. Well, that and, like, odds are you wouldn't be alive. Yeah. Oh, like, let's no be way. real. Right. And so, like, I just get really mad and because, like, it's becoming, it's coming out there. It's, like, in people's vernacular now. It's, like, they think they can say it for shit that isn't relevant. It's just. But, like. You know, for all the quote-unquote educated people, there's still people calling my condition and the people who have it, like, freaks and fuck-ups and monsters. So, you know, it's ridiculous. to the customers that I checked out at my job that I'm not disclosing because I hate it, um, <laughs> who, you know, bought Split and decided to talk about it in front of me, like... You know, ha ha ha, if this really does exist, those fucking freaks, you know. Wow, like, they're really, is this even real? She's like, bro, you should have called me. I would have come up there and whooped their asses. It's just like, well, yeah. Like, I don't know. People just don't think. And like, that's fine. It's a rare thing. The idea is rare. It's not common. You don't find people with the idea. Like childhood trauma, like me and Amanda have. <sighs> it's not common. Like, there are lots of kids, but it's just like. At, like, at one point, it's just like, I feel like I'm the only one, and then at another point, it's just like, I understand I'm just a number. Yeah, exactly. I feel you the know? same way And I understand that, like, I'm a statistic. But still, nothing's happening. My court case still isn't going anywhere. So. I'm frustrated. 
And that's that. Like, this is gonna be the year I snap, I swear to God. <laughs> like, I just, like, like, yeah, I, I don't know. And it's a hard thing to know, period. To know what to do and to like, I don't figure wanna, it all out in the process. I don't want to be my own advocate. Like, I just want... Yeah, people, exactly. Like, I just want people to, like, fight for me and yeah. understand. I just want people to understand and, like... The thing is, like, you can't understand unless you've gone through it. Yeah. And that's, like, that's the fatal flaw. Yeah. And that's the thing with you and I is, like... We understand each other to an extent, but because yeah, we've never then. had each other's experiences, like, even then, still, still, there's still stuff that's, like... In the way, where it's yeah. just, like, I relate, but not to that capacity. And yeah, like, exactly. That feels bad. Yeah. Because it's just, like, I don't know how to support you. And I want to. Yeah. You know, but it's just, like, I could sit here and talk for hours and hours and hours in detail about what happened, and it's still... Like, you still wouldn't be able to get it because I didn't experience it. Yeah. 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 And like, that sucks. <laughs> it does. That sucks. That makes it really, really hard. But I think the fact that we are close enough to be able to talk about those things, I That's think a good it's, deal. Yeah, yeah. it's a step in the right direction at least. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, having people that, like, understand you in a way is super helpful yeah but at the same time it's just like gotta have those hashtag firm boundaries (laughs) oh definitely because that's the hardest part too because sometimes when you talk about shit it brings up other shit and then you go down a slippery slope and it's hard yeah it's really hard that's what i experienced too because i you know me i'm like everyone's therapist you're everyone's therapist too like well it's just like when you have the abundance of empathy that it's just like every single fucking trauma victim mysteriously is given yep it's it's just like yeah you put yourself in those shoes and like i like i hate when the only thing i have to say is i'm so sorry yeah but sometimes it's like the only thing you can say because it's a thing of like I'm never gonna say, oh, I can't believe that happened to you. Like, it's like I don't even know what to say because I know what I hate hearing, but then it's just like I don't know exactly what you hate hearing or like. Yeah, exactly. And I'm very, I try to be very mindful of my words. I know, me too. That's why I'm always like, that's why I'm always like, yeah, like I get that because this and this and this and this, but I would never understand that fully because I never <laughs> right, right, right. it. And I always make sure to say that because I'm like, like one all pain is relative. The one I'm just thing like put that out there right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. The one thing that I hate is when people go, "Oh yeah, I understand completely," and it's I'm just like, like, "No, you don't, bitch." You absolutely do you not. You do not get like you. You get it to the like when you say like, "Oh yeah, I get that." Like. I don't get mad at you because you genuinely get it. Like, you yeah. genuinely know what the fuck I'm talking about. Well, because typically also, like, the things we talk about are, like, the kind of side effects of yeah. the symptom being the trauma. Yeah. It's just, like, we'll be talking about dissociation, but we'll be phrasing it differently. And it'll be like, yeah, man, like, I have the same thing. Yeah. And you then know? other people will talk about dissociation. Like, yeah, I dissociated in class the other day for, like, I'm an just hour. like, no, you did not! You mean you daydreamed for a little bit? <laughs> like... Because, I mean, there are different levels yeah. of dissociation, but... It's, yeah, it's a sliding scale. Um, everyone actually dissociates. Like, if you, quote-unquote, like, lose time when you drive, or, like, go on... I think people call it autopilot. Like, that's the main one of how people refer to it. That's, like, dissociation, but it's a very, very small 
kind of dissociation. DID and then is a very extreme yeah. kind of dissociation. So and then there's just... fun dissociation that I have where I like go away for a while and I like. There's been times where I've Chill literally out. like looked at your body. Yeah, where I've literally been like, "Yeah, what's up?" <laughs> like, hey. Not like that, but I've been like really freaked out about it. I remember this one time when I was little. Um, I was looking at myself. I was sitting in this chair at my kitchen table Yeah. at the house I grew up in, looking at myself, looking in the mirror. Yeah. I'll have moments where, like... Fucking wild. I'll be sitting with people, typically, and then all of a sudden I'll be, like, above me, looking down at the top of my head, and then looking at the other people. And it's, it's just... Like, it's weird, and I don't really have, like, the best way to describe it yet. And it sounds fucking crazy. When you talk about it. Like, when, yeah. when we talk about it, it sounds odd. And people probably are going to be listening to this like, no, that doesn't happen. But it fucking happens. And it's real. <laughs> and we experience it. <laughs> Somebody please help. <laughs> <laughs> oh but it's like, what, but it's like, what are you, like, what can you even say to people it's like you either get it or you don't. And yeah. like that's what's really hard. And it's just like we both like before this talked about like what we wanted this to be and we were both like we just want people to get it. And it's just like we're sitting here and I'm just like they're not gonna fucking get it. <laughs> like they're just not gonna they're get gonna it. Here and they're probably gonna be really interested, like listening to all this stuff, but only for educational purposes, probably not. For- yeah. <laughs> it's just kinda it's terrible. I mean, you can read up on whatever and like know the vernacular, but like you still don't know, no, you know. It's like I don't know. It's bad. <laughs> it's just it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. I think that's what sucks too is the isolation and the the loneliness that you feel from it all, and the invalidation and the injustice that comes. Definitely from that. the injustice and the anger that comes with that, and the anger specifically. Like, the thing I'm feeling the most is, like, I'm angry that everyone who's hurt me gets to go and live their lives the way they want to, and I'm stuck. Yep. And that is the hardest part for me. (sighs) And the fear. The fear of being a loose end. And, like, the retaliation of reporting. That's something people don't talk about. Yeah. But, like that's very real and it's stopped me from updating like my case it's stopped me from like making moves in my life just because I'm scared of the potential fallout but then at the same time like it's got to be done yeah so you deal with the fallout when it comes I guess but (laughs) at the same time (laughs) You know, the fallout can be potentially worse than the initial act. I mean, I doubt it, but, like, you know, maybe. Yeah. Depending on how everything happens, because you never really fucking know. Nope. People are too unpredictable. It's stressful. Yeah. Being a trauma survivor is stressful. But we really out here. Like, <laughs> barely. We're really <laughs> out here, but barely. Alright, so I think... An hour and eleven minutes on this shit. On this shit is enough. For I don't know about now. you, but I could take five naps in a row. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But yeah, so if you are struggling or if you feel as if you relate, please do not hesitate to contact me. You can hit me up in my inbox, manicpodcasting at gmail.com, and we can talk. Hopefully more will be done for people like us, but I'm not. But also, like, I'm not optimistic. Gonna and... hold my breath. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This was a very heavy episode, so go take care of yourself. We're yeah. gonna try to do the same after this <laughs> as much as we can in our situations. And, yeah, go to therapy. that's the synopsis of of this podcast make sure to go to therapy bottom line take your medicine do what you need to do to be the best version of yourself that you are capable of being and like by best i just mean healthiest exactly like exactly that's it right take care of your brains kitties it's important yeah All right. All right. (laughs) Till next time. (laughs) And we (laughs) outie.